Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Oh, genuinely, I was like, what is that noise? But it is, it's the vacuuming. It's vacuuming. Can I vacuum during the podcast? Right, well, okay, so then you'll be vacuuming, will you? Yeah, that's Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. At least it was settled very quickly. Yeah, you can you can see where the uh, the power dynamic in our relationship very easily there. Kind yeah, of. there's not, no that, doubt. not that you two need to understand the power dynamic. You've witnessed it. <laughs> um. <laughs> we. It is really funny, Alison. When I stayed over at Jen's. Chloe just went to Jen, Brista, to, to shut her up. And I was like, God, I've never been able to manage that. It was really impressive. You were really impressed, weren't you, Maureen? Yeah, I was like... You, and there's, Maureen was like, oh, teach me the, teach me the ways, Teach me Chloe. your skills. <laughs> um, I had a, a friend came round yesterday, and she just came round for a drink. And uh, Chloe was bossing me around, as she always does. And... <laughs> Out of nowhere, my mate, our mate was like, I mean, and I'm, do you know what? Sometimes uh, I think maybe I want to be in a relationship and then I spend time with you two and I think, do you know what? I think I'm really happy being single. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I need to be in a relationship. And Chloe looked at me and went, we really get on. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Talk, they're getting so much. They've got the same pair of shoes. You know, it's funny. So um, Chloe has a pair of Birkenstocks and I, this is again, probably a great illustration of, of our relationship is I don't seem to notice anything. <laughs> and I'm always like, I always telling Maureen off going, I can't believe Maureen that you haven't noticed. Well, I'm exactly the same. So more, um, Maureen, Chloe, Jesus Christ, we've morphed into the same person. Uh, always... which, which wife? Which wife? And which wife am I referring to? I'm referring to... To wife number one. To the OG. So she's got a pair... Of... Look, this isn't even interesting, Alison, but I'm going to tell you anyway. So Chloe bought a pair of Birkenstocks, and it was about two years ago, and I must have uh, absorbed the fact that I like these Birkenstocks, okay? And... I said to her, and I now I remember this in hindsight, and I think I only recalled it today. I said to her, yes, last year or something, I'm going to get myself a pair of these Birkenstocks. And Chloe was like, don't get yourself those. I've got those. So don't don't buy yourself those. We can't be those lesbians that wear the same shoes. <laughs> and, um, and I went, oh, that's such a shame because I really like them. Okay, no, I won't buy them. Like, bearing in mind, she wore them all summer. How did I not, how did this not stay in my brain? Anyway, before going to LA, I thought, it's going to be hot. I didn't need sandals, just to be clear, because it wasn't that hot. I'll buy a pair of sandals. And I just bought these. And then Chloe didn't notice until I got back from LA. She was like, what What are these? Why have you bought these? And I went, oh, I really like them. They're, um, no, they look really good. And she went, I've got them. I've got the exact <laughs> pair. Why have you bought the exact pair of shoes? I told you not to buy these, because I've got them. And now it seems to be a theme amongst our friendship group that everybody wants to buy a pair of the same. Including pair. me, I said I'd, go, I'd get so, a pair. No, Ma Maureen was like, I'm going to get a pair. And then, 
uh, a friend of ours that we go swimming with, she went, oh, cool, I'll get myself a pair. And then another <laughs> friend was like, oh, I hear that you two have both got matching Birkenstocks. I've decided I'm going to get a pair. So what we've, we, it, it's going to be a trend now. Uh, all the uh, lesbians, in fact, some of them aren't even lesbians. Uh, there's going to be a whole group of women in, in, in Brighton just with the same Birkenstocks. I mean, I don't know what this says about me as a person, but it's not, can't be a good thing, can it? <laughs> Having been told not to buy them. Can you, though, wear the same shoes as your partner? Is that bad? I don't know because I have... <laughs> a man. <laughs> yeah, so I don't... Yeah, I, I don't have personal opinions on this one. Yeah, I I think you can. I mean... Oh, Alison, you're ever the diplomat. I look at you I struggling. Know. You're struggling. Just don't get matching fleeces. Otherwise, there's no hope. Yeah, people don't really look at feet. I mean, did you go with the exact same colour? Yes, it's exactly no, the same. The... They're gold sandals. Oh, Maureen. Look, they're gold Birkenstocks. I said to Chloe, finally, we get to be Team GB. Get it? Get it? I, honestly, I'm on all the time. Living with me is such a laugh. Uh, um, uh, we saw firsthand the joy yeah, and the giggles. Yeah, how much of a laugh it is. <laughs> Chloe, <laughs> on the daily. Oh, I will laugh. be vacuuming. We had a laugh over the hoovering. Oh. I've just yeah. bought a new Hoover. My oh. Hetty gave up and I was like, oh, I bought I, I bought a because I had one ages ago. Wow. And bloody brilliant. Maureen has really invested some dough because is expensive. That's not a cheap vacuum cleaner, no, Maureen. No. But you know what? The last had lasted 20 years and it was really good. Listen, I'm all about the You are spending more money. Look, we're not being sponsored by just so you know. I was just going to say, if you'd like to sponsor us. If you would like, we would. <laughs> and in fact, we probably shouldn't be mentioning brands at all. But on this occasion, I will say, look, you kind of, if electrical goods, you can trust the Germans. Yeah. 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 I mean, I bought, I bought two cheapish Hoovers and I'm like, oh, sod it, just buy them. Just, just buy, buy We've got a and uh, really does the absolute trick. I would like to put in a word for shark. Can I say that? I like my yes. shark as well. I enjoy my shark. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hopefully that's not a euphemism. Um, well, it might <laughs> <Right>. be. <laughs> well, guys, talking talking of German uh, engineering, this is a. I mean, the segue is very wow. Not slick what a at handbrake all. turn. What yeah. a handbrake turn. I performed in German this week. Oh yeah, Maureen. I am so impressed. Genuinely, I know it's it's really hard for me to look sincere, isn't it? Every time yes. I say anything sincere or even vaguely earnest, people are like, "Oh God, sarcastic cow." I genuinely, I was so impressed with you. So Maureen had to do a gig in German. So not 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 a gig in front of German people, but a gig in the language of German. Mm -hmm. And when Maureen stayed with us at the weekend, fair play to you. She spent hours going through her set, learning it, learning her set, going over it. I mean, listen. You worked for it, and then you were still worried about it. I was still worried about it. So, like, I hadn't performed in German since 2017. So I had to rewrite the jokes. And it's English suits stand-up better than German. So, you know, English comedy is stand-up, is set-up punchline. German doesn't really work like that. So, like, some jokes that work in English, they're so clunky. The setup is so clunky in German, you can't use them. And I had to learn it. And of course, I've been I've been quite busy and stressed the last couple of weeks. So it's like one of those things, you know, girls, you go yes to a gig and you think, oh, I worry about it near the time. And then near the time comes and you haven't worried about it. And it's like, oh, I've got like a week to learn this. So I had to did spend a little weekend just going over it and over it and over it. And I was a bit nervous. He wanted me to close. I was like, nah, nah, I'll just, I'll open the second half. And what was really funny, because I've listened to it, is um, there was, I was on with two Austrians and a German guy. Uh, and a British woman. And my Austrian accent is stronger than the Austrians. <laughs> <laughs> I have a stronger accent than they do. And the other thing is there was one joke where I got, I said dissolved a case as opposed to solve a case. So nobody laughed. I got the verb wrong. But um, ah. apart from that, I was really, really pleased. It went really, really well. Because on the way there, I was thinking this is going to be an embarrassing 10 minutes. But I, it went well. So I'm really chuffed. Well, you should be chuffed. It's it's also a really brave thing to do. And I think these things are always a nightmare when you think about doing them. But mm. ultimately, anything that scares the living bejesus out of you, once you do it and it isn't a disaster, then it always feels good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've actually genuinely... How often do we achieve anything? God, I mean, next to never. So <laughs> it's great. Well done, Maureen. Yeah, what about you, Alison? How was your week? Uh, my week 
everything's been good. I'm in London. I've been in London since Tuesday, so I just Ooh. feel like yeah, it's a it's a blur. She's a homie. I'm 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 in, I'm in London City. No, it's been I've I've had a good week. I'm trying to think of anything. Nope, got nothing. Nothing exciting, everyone. But I'm in London, and it's very it's been busy. It's been full on since I've been here. But I'm delighted. Yeah. Where are you staying in London? Yeah, it looks Hudson. very swish. This is an hotel. Oh. I know. This is a hotel. This is my secret hotel. But I got okay. This ticks me off. Uh, you don't. You don't need to tell everyone where this secret hotel is. You I, can. Well, Keep it, it used to it used to be a great secret. It, I used to be able to get this for three. This is very interesting content. But the, listen to this: three nights. I used to get it for one hundred and seventy-seven pounds. Three nights. It is what? Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is in what in London? Are you sure? Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, now you're, you're on the M25, aren't you? Well, no. <laughs> I'm. Oh, oh, we can bleep that out as well. Uh, but now it's four hundred quid and. No free continental breakfast. Used to be, and I think everyone who works here hates me because I'm like, you know, I, I've been staying here for years and I remember when the continental breakfast was free. And every time I talk to somebody that works here, I can see them look at me like, do you think I care? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> How much is it now? Did you say 400? 400, yeah. 177 to 400. So <laughs> I think the oh staff my is God, like, that oh, is a huge jump. Is it because it was a new hotel and uh, a new branch and maybe they, they had it cheap for a while or something? No, no, it's an old, so? it's a hotel that was a different hotel and got bought by an <laughs> That's why it's a nicer hotel. It's, uh, it's my okay. secret. It's okay. my secret, yeah. So anyway, I just well, keep, still... I feel like an old woman comparing everything. Wait, back in my day, I used to be able to get the breakfast for free and it was, it was you know, it was a hundred and they're like, honestly, lady. That's not what's going on right now. So just shut it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's legitimate, Alison. I think it's Jen. legitimate to, to moan about like something is something and then it's something else. Fuck you. Why is it? Why is it? So, why does everything have to go up so exponentially? Nobody minds if things go up. I used to walk into the room and they would have muffins. They would put chocolate muffins in the room and leave them there for you as a welcome check in. This is what it used to be. And I was like, what about the muffins for the breakfast? They used to put them in the room and they're like, oh, we don't remember doing that. I was like, well, you did. You did. They probably <laughs> weren't there at the time, to be fair. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I was. I was, and I'm still here, and I want my muffins. Again, not a euphemism. Not a euphemism. Or is it, everyone? Jen, you're weak. What have you been up to? Oh, um, have I have I not done my week? Okay, very quickly, my week has been very fine. <laughs> wow, that was that was detailed. <laughs> um, I didn't work. Okay, so uh, this week is one of the weeks where. Um, I didn't work on, I only worked on one night this week. I'm, I'm working from tomorrow for seemingly until the end of time. So I had like two, two nights off and uh, not, not in a row, but separately. And I, and I really enjoyed those. And I've, I've been for two really nice long swims and uh, that has been so nice. I, I, uh, today was the first uh, swim of the year that we swam around the pier because it's the, the sea is now sort of warm enough that you can spend a bit longer in the water. So, um, so I had a nice long swim today. I'm still, I, I, I'm, I'm wearing a fleece, which obviously you can't see if you're listening to this. And I'm wearing this fleece because I'm still warming up from spending 40 minutes in the sea. <laughs> uh, but other than that, but yeah, my week has been quite sort of quiet, and I, I've, I've quite enjoyed it. I really, what I've realised is. Is I love not going anywhere. What a treat to just be. That's a very of... comic thing, though, isn't it? Yeah. Like when you have a night off, the last thing you want to do is go out. You think, no, I want to stay in. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 I just really like being at home and bobbing about. But uh, that's all about to end as of t- tomorrow when I shall be on the road ostensibly until the end of time. I don't know why I keep saying ostensibly. Like that, trying to make myself sound more more um, interesting and, oh, shut up, Brista. Anyway, we've all had weeks, as always, um, We are as we are wont to do. But now it's time to turn to Maureen Younger. And we know that she'll have a moment that she'll want to share with. It's be my money, what is it? I messaged Jen, I have just put olive oil in my eyes. <laughs> It's so blurred. I, I mean, you can't make this shit up, can you? <laughs> it was oh. fine in the end, but I wouldn't recommend it. No, you wouldn't recommend it, Maureen. 
Well, I thought I might have mentioned this on the ra- on our pod radio on the podcast. But Jen, when I told Jen the story, she seemed like she hadn't heard it, and it's a story that you would remember. So um, basically, uh, I was visiting friends in Christchurch in Dorset, and there's like a lake or there's a river. Well, there's some water anyway, and my friend has got two <laughs> small kids, right? I think eight and four. And uh, she said, oh, let's go on a boat. They want to go on a boat trip. So I was like, yeah, let's go on a boat trip. Anyway, she paid the money. We got on the boat. She went, oh, no, you have to steer it. I went, no, I'm not steering it. She went, no, no, I, I've never driven. I don't have to drive. You you can drive. You've got to steer it. And I was like, oh, all right. Anyway, so basically, I <laughs> I don't drive anymore for a reason because I wasn't a very good driver. And you have to be a really bad driver to know that you're not a good driver. Anyway, so I couldn't click how to steer it because I kind of oversteered. And then when I tried to rectify it, I'd oversteer the other way. So basically we went straight into a riverbank, uh, just missed a boat that was kind of parked, I don't know call it, but anyway, it was by the side. So then I managed to steer it back, but we were basically zigzagging because I couldn't I couldn't steer it straight. So I just kept I mean... oversteering, right? And then there were people like honking or whatever they do behind <laughs> me. And I'm going, I'm going, just get round me! I don't know what I'm doing! Like, it was their fault. Like, you know, typical Maureen, like... And of course they can't get round me because I'm zigzagging so across the river so they don't know where to go. And I'm just getting really angry because people are getting angry behind me. I'm like, I don't know who I thought. I, I can't steer the bloody thing. And then my friend just shouts at me going, we've got to go back. We're going to die. My children are on board. <laughs> my children are on board. We're going to die, right? So at that point, I thought, I think I better stop the boat. So I stopped the boat and... Um, because she was very upset at the thought of her children drowning. And um, and then her eight-year-old son steered us back to the jetty, which oh I'm sure God. was illegal, but he could actually steer it properly. And what do you mean, guy... just hold a steering yeah, wheel just straight? just hold the steering wheel straight. And then the guy was so glad that we got back, because obviously we hadn't been out there for that long. He gave us our £20 back. <laughs> I want to know, I want to know yeah. why any of you were on this boat. Because the kids wanted to go on the boat. Yeah, but as two adults that are clearly are not equipped to be on a boat, why did either of you... And who is this woman that thinks, oh, I know, I'm not very good at driving, I know who will be, Maureen Younger, with, with all the coordination of a limbless, drunk mole. What... I mean, it just, none of this makes any sense to me. And and I love the way that you, Maureen, are driving the boat as if you're, like, in one of those TV shows where they're not really in a car but pretending to drive. Like, you know, they're driving, like, with their arms like this, side to side. I was trying to drive it straight. but of You just kept... hold the steering wheel straight, yeah, my love. No, I didn't. I kept, like, because we'd gone to the left and I'd try and go to the right to make so we go straight but also yeah. I do too much to the right and then right. I go left to try and make it straight and I just kept going right left right left right and at no point did you think don't overshoot it so just well, no, steer a little bit to, I was trying to do that but I obviously yeah yeah I mean the, it, it, I, I, yeah and actually fair play that you got an 8 year old to to drive you back because that is <laughs> that is the logical uh, conclusion to, to take from this entire story is that you... I mean, who was your mate? That, I, do you know what? I worked with her for years. We used to work together in, in, in when I was a temp. You know when I was like the longest serving person in the, in the company as a temp? Uh, we shared an office for years and years and years together. So she knows right. me really well. Yeah, and, and, I, and that she thought you would be okay to steer it. It's absolutely beyond but the pale. It is, quite, it is quite worrying when your friend's screaming in your face that she thinks you're going to kill her children. Well, and maybe no, not on purpose, not on purpose, would it be accidental? No, an accidental death, yeah. I mean that that's that's definitely will take the, the, the sting, sting away. Out of it. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, so sorry if you lost the, the, the somebody you loved this much. It was an accident though. It, it was not purpose. Um <laughs> Maureen, that is possibly one of the best ones that you've yeah. told us. Um it it it's it, um Again, uh, so many questions. Um, I don't know if we have time to go through all of them. But um... in this instance, it's not just Maureen. I I have questions for the friend. This is the thing. So it goes beyond Maureen. So Maureen, I think you were just stepping up. You were just doing your part. Um, I want to know, does the friend know you've never driven uh, anything in your life? Uh, I I used to drive. 
Oh, did you? Oh, I didn't know that. Not okay. very well, but I used to drive. No, right. Ryan's got a license. I I've mean, license. no, even the DVLA don't want her to use it, but she's got one. <laughs> she's got one. All right, there we go. So, uh, how 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 long were you guys in the in the boat, Maureen, before you it, went? It wasn't. Right. It probably it wasn't that long. To be honest, I wasn't really paying attention to the time. I was too no, busy no, I, trying no, to steer the boat, trying to steer, to, yeah. zigzagging across the. <laughs> I love that you don't even know what piece of water this is either. It was a, it was it was a, a puddle, it, it was a lake, it was a river, it was a sea. Yeah, it was a pond, it was a swimming pool. Um, <laughs> you don't even know where you were. Um, I just wondered at what point you went, okay, th- this isn't going to work, Let get, let's get the eight-year-old. I, 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 was, the, did, was it the eight-year-old that went, do you want me to drive? I can't remember, I think it might have been. Yeah, I think it probably was. Just saw two women screaming. And just went. I'll take over. This is this is bananas. <laughs> this is absolutely bananas. Um, Maureen, I'm so glad you don't drive your car anymore. If that's how you steer. <laughs> oh, swerve it to the right. Quick, correct your steering by swerving it to the left. You correct know, your steering by swerving. Because my it Volvo back. didn't have power steering. That might be the reason. Right. Okay. Yes. I mean that 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 that. I mean, I look. There's a bit of me that's my, that wants to roll my eyes into the back of my head. But I, my first car that I drove didn't have power st- steering, and it is a very different experience. Oh my! You God, are yeah. really. You do have to like. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Really got your flipping. Your your forearms and your biceps. I don't even know what muscles you use, but just to get it round. Okay, well, look, Maureen, it almost made sense. Um, and I'm certainly not going to ask any more questions because they're only going to make more questions come up. But that is an absolute classic. I'm so glad to hear that you, your friend and her children got back, not only safely, but got your money back. That, that, that's almost that's a happy ending to yeah. this, this fable. Um, and what did we learn? If Aesop had, had written this fable, what would have been, what would have been the, the, the conclusion? What would we have learned from it? Don't go on a boat. With Maureen, correct. Thank you very much, Maureen Younger, for your big money moment. <laughs> Please let us turn to pastures green, calmer seas, warmer waters. And I'm not talking because some have done a wee in it. I'm saying it's because it's a nicer place to be. Yes, it's time to turn to Alison June Smith and ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my Take my advice. I ain't using it. Ah, oh, you are so lovely. You know what? I love the Be More Maureen moment this week because it actually ties into the problem that was oh. written in. Yeah, yeah. It actually works out perfectly. Okay, so here we go. This is uh, this is our problem. I finally passed my driving test this week after multiple attempts at the age of 50-ish. Congratulations to you. Well done. I'm very proud of you. Some people yes. get scared and would not finish this. So congratulations, you did great. It's no small thing to, to do that. No, they say the older and older you get, the harder and harder it is to do yes, too. Yes, I so agree. I'm, I'm very proud of you for doing this. Well done. Um, uh, the writer says, I was fine taking my test as the examiner was such a lovely bloke and just having someone sitting with me is calming for my nerves. Okay, my boss is going to sit with me for the first two drives, which I'm like, I don't understand how that's calming. But anyway, my boss is going to drive with me for the first few drives to my office, but I'm super nervous about my first time out on my own. Any suggestions or advice greatly received? Um, okay, yes, yes, I do have some advice. Uh, because I think some of us forget that, that time period where you get the license and then there's that there's that just beginning, right? It, it passes so quickly. But the beginning driving on your own, it is kind of a, a scary um, thing. So first off, I just want to say, you are already driving. You have passed your test. You don't need to be nervous. You have been given the right to drive. You've done it. You are a driver. You are capable of this. So believe in yourself. Number one, that's what I want to say to you. Things you can do to maybe make yourself feel a little better. I did not even know that they do this in this country when I was beginning driving. You you get a, a green pea. And I believe you stick it on your license plate. Is that still a thing? Yeah. I'm looking at Alex. He's uh, nodding. 
Or is there some sort of indicator that says, I'm a new driver? Or something on your car that says, I'm a new driver? Yeah, yeah. you can. It's not It's not universally used like it is in like Australia. I think it is universally, you have to have a P. But okay. it does tell, it will tell people that you're a new driver, yes. And I'm sure there's something wherever you are that will be an indicator to those around you that you are a new driver. Okay, so that might yeah. make you feel a little bit better. Just to give a heads up to everyone around you. I'm doing my job, but I'm a bit of a new driver. I like that. Um, keep your first few journeys as simple as you can. Pre-plan. If you're going to a place, I suggest driving to only places that you know how to get to for the first little while. Just for a little bit. Then once you want to, you go, I feel comfortable. What I want you to do is before you start driving places, pre-plan. Look at the directions ahead of time. The last thing I want you to do is to get in your car, put the destination on your phone, and then be looking at your phone while you're driving. You are still new at this. You don't want any distractions. So have a really good idea of where you're going ahead of time so you don't have to fiddle with the phone. Um, phone is a big thing. I got to tell you, I think also when you're first driving, turn that bloody phone off. Just turn it off or put it somewhere where you can't get to it because you will get distracted by that. We are so ruled by our phones. That's your number one distractor. Get rid of it. If it is your GPS, okay, I get you. I understand. But still, I think you should have a better idea in your head of where you're going so you're not panicking looking between the directions and the street. Okay, this is just some suggestions for the beginning. Um, try to travel on non-peak or non-busy times again at the beginning if you can. I understand you want to get used to driving. Life is about driving in hectic times. Times. But if you can't just warm yourself up for a little bit, drive in some non-peak times. I think that will help. Um, drive places where you are unlikely to be seen by people you know. I got to tell you, I think as a first-time driver, you're going to be a little self-conscious. So if you could do some practice drives, maybe to areas where you're like, I don't know anyone who lives in this area. I'm not going to have someone watching me while I try to parallel park for the first time. Maybe if you're meeting people, maybe park away from where you're meeting them. Go park a couple streets over. Walk to, just to give yourself that some of that some of that freedom so you don't feel like all eyes are on you because they're not. But sometimes I think that might be in your head um also look if you still feel a little nervous there are some other advanced driving courses that you can take just kind of a little topper upper to help you maybe get a, a little bit more prepared maybe there were some things that you're like i didn't feel so comfortable so you can always take some advanced driver lessons but again i just want to reiterate to you dear listener you have passed your test you have done it you are a driver. Believe in yourself. But these are just little things that might be able to help you along the way. That is all the advice I have for you. Brilliant, Alison. Thank you so much. I think it's very good advice. If I was to add any additional advice, it would be uh, don't avoid the motorway. No. Get on the motorway yeah, yeah. immediately. And I still know don't... people who don't drive it, which is weird to me. Yeah. And by the way, honestly, the motorway is actually probably one of the safest roads to drive on and also once you get the hang of it one of the easiest because you've got so much space Uh, yes people are driving faster but outside of that it is very easy to navigate and if at any point you feel nervous about being on the motorway just stay on the inside lane yeah because you're always going to be near the exit and you don't have to worry about overtaking anyone. You just stay in the inside lane doing the, the, the speed limit and you're, and you're fine. But get on the motorway. I have so, I know so many people that just waited and waited and waited when oh, I feel too nervous to go. I'll, I'll lead up to going on the motorway. And now, even now, can't drive on the motorway. It's absolutely yeah. bananas to me. Um, so don't, don't wait. Dri- the only way you learn how to drive is by driving. So yeah. just get out there. And all of those um, suggestions that Alison has given are great ways of getting your confidence up. But yeah. then just get out there and try and drive as, as often as you can, really, even if it's just short, short drives down to the wherever. Yeah. Uh, to get to get your confidence and that and you'll before you know it, you'll be screaming at someone uh, to get out the fucking way in no time. That, um, that will naturally come out of you. That will naturally come out of oh, you. Oh, yeah. All those inhibitions will go. Oh, it'll go away. Also, if you don't have a car, try to borrow or see if people will let you drive their cars. Rent a car. Try to get in cars as much as you can. That is a really important thing. Like Jen said, get in the car. Get in a car. Just start driving. So if you don't have one, sometimes people don't rent or one. Or car club. 
car club. Yeah. Join join your local car club. I don't know how much it is annually, but I think it's very. It's not that much. Or you can do it monthly. So you could just say, "Oh, I'll do it for a couple of months until I get." And then you, there's a car that you just pick up. They they tell you where it's dropped off. You you go pick it up. You get the keys. Off you go and have a little. Just whatever. You don't you don't need to own a car in order to to get the hang of it. Because obviously renting a car is 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 prohibitively expensive after all. It while. is expensive, but if you don't have a car. Uh, and last thing, a personal experience. When I first started driving, this is uh, something I learned when I'm driving that actually became a big motto in my life. Uh, I had a real tendency. I kept looking in the rear view mirror. Uh, I, I look in the rear view mirror all the time. And uh, my boyfriend at the time when I first got my license was like, you are constantly looking in that rear view. He goes, I get you got to check it, but like, doesn't always matter what's behind you, right? Stop looking so much at the rear view. It's what's in front of you that matters. And I was like, huh, ooh, that's a good metaphor for life. Like, stop looking behind you. It's what's coming up that's yeah. the important thing. And I was like, ooh, that's a good driving tip and a life tip, everyone, I think. Stop looking so much in the rear view. It's what's Two ahead of you one. that's important. Yeah, yeah. Two in one. Alison, thank you very much. That was great advice. Uh, now let's turn to our visual impairments. No, uh, that's not right. Let us turn to things that have visually stimulated us. It is time to figure out what we have seen on our televisual times uh, now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sorry, Alison, I'm distracted by the fact that Maureen appears to be drinking double cream. I'm not drinking double What are you drinking? It's a cafe latte. Oh, thank God. I, oh. Sorry, <laughs> Alison, let's be honest. It wouldn't be out of the realms of possibility that Maureen is chugging on some double cream. <laughs> Maureen, what have you been watching in your eyes? Well, I've been watching on UK TV, uh, Charles II, The Power and the Passion, starring Rufus Ooh. Sewell as Charles Ooh. II. And well, we all know why you were watching that. Well, I mean, Rufus Sewell is very... This is, he's younger yes. here as well. He's very good on the eye. Easy on the eye, that's the phrase. Also, he's a really good actor. I don't know why he's, he's not as more famous as he should, but his acting is fantastic. He's one of those few actors like uh, Richard Griffiths who can... The way they intonate, because actors have a certain way of intonating that's not actually really real, but he he manages to do that. He manages to sound real. Richard There's, Harris or Richard Griffiths? Rich, Richard Griffiths. Um, oh. Yeah, do you know, um, it was a big, big actor. You would, you'd recognise him. Is it, I'm getting Richard confused. Griffiths? I'm thinking of that guy from Withnail. No. Oh, yeah, the old guy. The old yeah. guy that plays the, the the gay uncle, yeah, yeah, him. that's Richard Griffiths. Yeah, he was he was he's he was a fantastic actor. Anyway, so we, this is about Charles II, and it starts off with the execution of his father. He's in Antwerp in exile, and then he obviously comes back on the throne. 
And it's all about him trying to keep the throne. Obviously, he doesn't want to happen to him, what happened to his father and his relationships. He's got his Dino Rig plays his mother. He's got a, a bastard son, the Duke of Monmouth, who wants to be king. And he keeps telling him, you're not going to get be king. He's got a Catholic brother. He's married to Catherine of Braganza, who's played by, she, oh, you'd know her. She's a really well-known Shirley Henderson. He doesn't have any children with her, so it's going to be his brother, who's a Catholic, which obviously doesn't go down very well. And um, Helen McCrory plays one of his main mistresses who tries to be a bit of a kingmaker. And I thought it was really well done. It's uh, four, four episodes. If you like historical drama, Rufus Sewell is great in the part. You've got, he's also a very good actor, Rupert Graves, who plays the second Duke of Buckingham, who's his best friend at times. I think it's really, it gives you a really good insight into that period of history and Charles's attempt to keep the, th keep the monarchy um, you know, just recently we had the coronation, but trying to make sure that the monarchy stays in power and doesn't turn into a republic again. And he hasn't got any children and his brother's a Catholic, so it's, and his illegitimate son is trying to vie to be king. So it doesn't look very hopeful. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Brilliant. I recommend that. UK TV, so if you, in Britain, you get that for free. I like that they've got Rufus Sewell playing uh, Charles II. Isn't it true, this might be a lie, and I will be corrected, I shall stand corrected, Maureen, by yourself, that Charles I was quite the looker, but Charles II was actually a bit of a potato. No, Charles II was a real ladies' man. I, I'm not saying he wasn't a lady. He, I mean, that's by the by. Um, I, I'm not saying he wasn't a ladies' man. I'm just saying that, you know, the portraits, certainly that I've seen, he's not uh, easy on the eye. Not like Rufus Sewell. He's a real hottie. Oh, he's really easy on the eye. But uh, Charles II, the, if, if, you, if you Google Charles II, he's not... The, the paintings are, you're like... And, and obviously they would have tried to make him look as good as But also you, you never, you also historically what's good looking and attractive isn't necessarily what we think of as attractive now. Uh, no, because so, no, like, you know, like, you know, in the olden days, I haven't like big, big people being big being show that they were well fed. So it showed that they had money. So, it's, you know, it's things like that or being pale meant you didn't have to go out and work. In, in the, no, you know, I, do you know what I, mean? I, I, I totally get you, but I mean this 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 guy. Um, yeah, that isn't a good picture. You know, I it, it, I just remember this is one of the few things I remember from um, when you looked at po 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 portraits po 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 portraits of Charles First. He 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 was a very handsome, dashing man with his little goatee. Yeah, and then you looked at pictures of Charles II, and you were like, oh, okay, well that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> And listen, by the way, look, I, I'm not. He he did very well, and 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 you know, and like you said, he was very popular with the ladies. And so I'm I'm what I'm a lesbian. What do I know? <laughs> um, Maureen, thank you <laughs> for your recommendation. That's on UK UK TV. I like that you um you branch out because also UK TV is 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 a great app to have because um uh, if you don't have it, you can download it onto most uh, smart TVs. Um, because it's free. You don't it's have free. to like. You don't have to subscribe to it. You don't have to pay loads of money. I'm getting actually sick to death of having to pay twelve pounds a week a month here, fifteen pounds a month here. Before you know, it, you're spending you know ninety quid a month on on three TV shows. And all you do, whenever I'm with Jen, me, Jen, and Chloe are just just going through the thing, going no, no. <laughs> you spend forty minutes just disagreeing on what to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's only so much here historical drama, more than. Um, I can handle. Um, Maureen, thank you very much for that recommendation. I think that that does sound good. And when was it originally? When did it? Presumably, oh. it's um, it was it was made. It a, was a while ago. I don't know if I can remember long ago. It was quite a while ago. Okay, but it's yeah. still you know a lot of these dramas you miss first time round. So go go catch it. Uh, I briefly let's keep it this brief. I haven't really watched much TV, but I um, because I've been away such a lot um, and. I made, uh, I said to Chloe, we'd watch this together. I'm really behind in, in watching Succession. So I am now catching up with that and um, with the new series, which is just, I mean, I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, but wow, I just think it is such phenomenal writing. I cannot fault it. The, the, the dialogue, particularly in the last episode, which is episode four, which you'll know follows episode three. And for anyone, <laughs> just, to, just to state the obvious here, but anyone who's been watching this series will know something happens in episode three. And then episode four is all about what happened in episode three. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that's how it goes with most dramas, to be fair. But anyway, um, the dialogue 
Oh my God, it's so brilliant, so funny, so well written and observed and oh my God, it's just dynamite. It's just a, such a great show. I, I just couldn't fault it. Like Chloe, you know, normally is looking at her laptop, but we were just watching it, like laughing our heads off. But also... It, it's it's it is funny, but it's they never take it too far that it becomes like oh this is like now far this is turned into a farce because it's so close to farce, isn't it? Yeah, it, like it, yeah. it gets quite close to it in terms of what's happening, the machinations of the family, the machinations of the people that work in the company, the different relationships with that they have with each other, the different relationships that they're having with other organisations because they're trying to like get bidders and sell and buy and blare and but they still want to be part of their dad's company and they still want to be oh my god I just honestly it'll be a sad day when it's over but also I think they've made the absolute right decision to end it series four I think in in some ways what do you think Alison I mean, I, I just love it so much because it shows every time I watch some sort of dysfunctional family thing, I'm like, ah, it just makes oh, me oh feel better. <laughs> yeah, the family, the family relationships, the dynamics are fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah, I just yeah. love the arc of Roman. I love. I mean, like, they're all brilliant, all of them as actors. They're 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 just done, just absolutely amazing actors. But the the arc of Roman is is really. You just, you can't help but warm to him, even though he's an absolute prick. Um, but yeah. but so brilliantly um, uh, played uh, by um, Kieran Culkin. He's 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 just phenomenal. But they all are. And I think um, did they they're, they're going to clean up at the awards this at the Emmys if the Emmys happen because we're not sure if they're going to happen or not because of these strikes. But if the Emmys happen, I think that show is going to clean up. Don't you think? Oh, I mean, if it doesn't, I, I'm disappointed beyond belief because it is, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of the, yeah, it's so engaging. If you start it, you can't get out of it. Like, it's wonderful. Yeah. If you, if you haven't watched it, go back, start from the beginning. I'm jealous for you. Don't be um, put off by the first episode, which is, is, is a lot of explaining about who everyone is. So it is slow. First two episodes of the first series I actually didn't mind that because I like to know what the hell's going on and I, I like it if a, if a series takes some time to tell you and explain to you what's going on and who everyone is. I think a lot of people just want action from the get-go, but that's not how it works. But if you invest past those two episodes, the rewards are enormous. Get involved. Alison, talk to me about your horror. Yeah, okay. This one, okay, this horror... We're going back to 1993, people. I love the 90s. I think they had some great horror films. This one, starring Jeff Bridges and Kiefer Sutherland and Sandra Bullock, The Vanishing. Oh, now, yeah. I've, I've seen that. Yeah. And it is actually rated one of the scariest movies of all time because there are so many... It's a real head game. So basically, uh, the gist is, um, The Vanishing is a 1993 American psycho psychological thriller horror film directed by George... How do I say it? Sleuzer? Sleezer? Sleulu? I am sorry, George. Anyway, um, <laughs> the, the, the gist is, basically, uh, a couple go on a road trip, which is why this is tying into the problem. It's a driving thing, okay? Uh, they go on a road trip. They're having a lovely time. The, the wife gets out to go use the loo in a gas uh, station, in a petrol station, and then goes missing. And the rest of the story is the husband never stopping looking for her. She completely vanishes. And then eventually, the person who took the wife contacts him and says, I will let you know what happened to your wife, but only by putting you through exactly what it was that she went through. And like, this is years and years and years and years and years that he's been looking for her. So he's like, I just want to find my wife if this is how I do it. So like, the whole thing is such a mind game and then when you get to the end it's such a twist that you're just like oh that's oh yeah I love The Vanishing it, uh, so many people rated it as one of the scariest movies of all time um yeah I, I I highly recommend it I highly recommend it I forgot what a good film it was and when I started to read up on it and the amount of reviews that it got and the amount of people who loved it 
The Vanishing, everyone. It's not gory. Maureen, I even think it's a story. I think you would like it. It's not gory. It's not ridiculous. It's like, it could be based on true stories. You know, like it is a fascinating, interesting, very intellectual. And actually, it is a remake of, is it a, a Dutch Dutch yeah, it's French. a remake of a, of a foreign yeah. film, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah. 88, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I highly recommend it to anyone. This is a good entry into scary movies, I think, because it's more, it's a thinker, it's terrifying. You, it's a psychological it. um, uh, thriller, you know. But it, yeah, I mean, it's it, because it's so dark, I think that's why it moves into the horror genre, definitely. And there's a lot of yeah. scares in it. Like, there's a lot of scares in it, but not, not a... You gotta, it's, it's, I really, yeah, I just can't, I think anyone would enjoy this if, if you like a little bit of dark, but, but thrill, it's good. I, I put it in horror because there's a lot of scary things in it, um, but not your gore, gross, ridiculous stuff. So uh, the, the, yeah, The Vanishing, that is my recommendation. I might rewatch it. Um, Alison, I'm pretty sure I watched it. Um, yeah. Because it's, that, you, you t- t- saying the story, I, I feel like I'm like, yeah, I've, I've, I definitely recognize that story. Yeah. I'm Jeff pretty... Bridges is great. Kiefer is great. I mean, yeah, yeah. I so good. I, I recommend like Sandra Bullock. She's fantastic. I love Sandra Bullock. Yeah, exactly. We all love Sandra Bullock. She can do no wrong in our eyes. Well done, Sandra. Um, Alison, thank you so much for that recommendation. Um, and do you know what? I actually think I will watch that while I'm away. I'm about to go away for a, a million years. I'm going to add that to it. <laughs> I like to watch crappy 90s movies while I'm away. <sighs> the best and i might get a whole list of you yeah to recommend I, yeah i happily yeah. do in it. fact yeah. what am i talking about i'll just go back and go look through at my list my recommendations yeah. <laughs> yeah. um uh alison thank you so much for your horror recommendation and that is what we have watched on our televisual eyes this week uh Yanga, why are we here with you again it is because you have some corner to be cultured Of course, it's the corner time that is often cultural, but sometimes just batshit. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, right, you know, it's becoming close to our 100th episode. Yay! It's a celebration that I've got the BBC list of the top 100 TV programmes of all time. Please to know, I'm just doing the first 10. <laughs> Whoa, I mean... <laughs> Could you imagine again? Yeah, that would be a long uh, corner. Anyway, so number one, I don't know if you can guess what number one is. <laughs> I no. mean, of the top, what, Doctor well, Who, I don't know. No, it's Faulty Towers. Oh, um, really? That's kind of disappointing. Oh, I, I mean, it is a great comedy. I. Uh, it's. Have maybe, you watched it recently? And maybe it hasn't aged that well, but I mean, it I is. Knew. It's well written. I mean, if... Um, when I was in Australia, I was listening to the episode of The Rat, so I kind of knew it off by heart, and the, like, every line is a laugh. Um, they are redoing it, so I don't know how that's going to work. Mm. It is off its time, I suppose. Um, probably hasn't aged that well. Uh, the, the next one is a is a, a brilliant... It was a, a Wednesday play, um, and, and Kathy Come Home in the 1960s, and it was by Ken Loach. I don't know if you know it. It was directed as if it was a documentary, black and white documentary, and people thought it was real. And it's about this woman who becomes homeless. And um, there's a, this gut-wrenching scene, you can probably see it on YouTube, where she's at, at a station, train station, King's Cross Station or somewhere, Euston, because she's got nowhere to sleep. And the police come and they take her children away. And it, honestly, it looks like a real, it looks like a real, like it's for real. And you just see, you can imagine, Jen, somebody trying to take your children away from you. She's screaming, she won't, she won't want, let them go, and the police basically take her children away from her because she's homeless. And it caused such an uproar. This is a time in the 60s when there's only three channels, BBC One, BBC Two and ITV. So a lot of people were watching this. It caused such an uproar that there was questions asked in Parliament. It started the charity crisis. Um, shelter had just opened, so it kind of got a lot of input for shelter, and it really changed people's attitudes. It was a, a you know, a really groundbreaking play. And you haven't seen it; it's worth watching. And uh, apparently, because people thought it was a documentary, for years afterwards, uh, people go up to the lead actress and give her money because they thought she was, they thought she was wow. homeless. But it's a brilliant drama. Brilliant. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, it's such a shame that um, people aren't up in arms anymore. We just sort of step over people, don't we, as we, as we walk through to the station. But, yeah, I think it was a different, you know, we, we had a different ha housing then. So homelessness was uh, was an, was an uh, anomaly as opposed to the norm. But, um, yeah, that, I, I, I do. Rem and I remember... Um, I do. I do remember you t telling me about this one as well before. Yeah, Maureen. yeah. it's really, it's really good. Uh, next is Doctor Who. Oh, so okay. So, so you were close. Out. You I were close. Like, yeah. Who's your favourite Doctor? Well, the, the, the Doctor that I grew up with. It's always is the it? Doctor. It's always it. So it's Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I he was my first like crush. I think I ever had. To be honest with you, I was, he was attracted great. to Tom Baker. It's great. Tom oh, Baker. I what? I don't no, know. That's weird, thing. Alison. That's you, actually you, weird. Yeah, that, that curly is hair, his nose. I <laughs> Alison, thought he was no, so don't, cute. Don't. Well, the, and that reason, you could fancy Charles II. But, um, um, but I did also love David Tennant and my, Matt Smith. I stopped watching after Matt Smith, but I thought those two were very good as well. Uh, number four is The Naked Civil Servant, which starred John Hurt as Quentin Crisp, who was this, I don't know if you know him, Alison. Very, this is um, really good. It's a really, really good. great drama. And, he, and was it based on the documentary? Well, well, it's based on this from his book. So, but but there was a documentary about Quentin Crisp. What? I think that might have come afterwards. But basically, oh, Quentin okay. Crisp was an openly gay man, like in forties Britain when it, you know, I mean, so gay, Liberace so gay, gay, openly gay, and you know, used to wear the nail varnish. Yeah, you know, this is a, you know, this was a, in the forties in Britain. So yeah, it's a really John Hurt is brilliant. That is honestly a brilliant bit of TV. I, I, yeah. I genuinely, if I don't know where you would watch, well, the BFI is probably, probably. a place that you could get it, but it is so good, and it is and John, John Hurt, Hurt is amazing. John Hurt also, if you, you want a BAFTA, I think. If you, if you, I, I can't remember what the name of the documentary is about Quentin Chris, but if you watch the Naked Civil Servant and then you watch the the documentary about Quentin Chris, you realise what a great. <laughs> Portrayal John Hurt has done. I mean, it's John like Hurt was an he, amazing actor anyway, but, but yeah. But he captures him. Yeah, yeah, perfectly. It's brilliant. Number five is Monty Python's Flying Circus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which I think people abroad tend to like more than Brits nowadays. Uh, six is Blue Peter. I mean, come on, who oh. didn't watch Blue Peter? I watched the original three Valerie Singleton, John Purvis, and John. <gasps> what was the other one? I don't know because uh, I wasn't alive then, boring. But, anyways, that was num number seven is Boys from the Black Stuff. Oh, great show. What's great a drama show. I've never seen it. It's a, Have you um, never seen it? My no. mum loved this show. She it loved was, it. Um, and it's seen as TV's most complete dramatic response to the Margaret Thatcher. Yes. And uh, what was the... Um, oh, God. What's the, the name of the, the playwright? Um, oh, Alan Bleasdale. Alan Bleasdale. God, for heaven's sake, get a grip, woman. It is, that is also... Brilliant, and actually now it's starting. If you watched it now, you'll see a lot of parallels with what's happening yeah. today. With and what's the... happening to like working class, working classes, basically getting stitched up. Number eight is Parkinson. That was like everybody oh, watched I, that the chat show. Yeah, oh right, okay, that. yeah. yeah. Number nine. This is a brilliant comedy series. Yes, Minister and Yes, Prime Minister. So well written. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen it, Alison. It is, it's, it's fantastic. But all I, I, I think. Honestly, it would a lot of it would go over your head, Alison, just because it's, it's so it, it's so British and it's yeah. all about the, the 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 relationship between the civil service and the ministers and the minister. And um, it is yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of jokes in there that are very yeah, it's quite, it just, is very British. It, it is very British. Yeah. Nigel Hawthorne was brilliant in that. Number ten is Brideshead Revisited, which is a big drama from 1981. Yeah, I, I never really. I got don't into. really get in, no, no. I think I wasn't really into those big sort of. Yeah, again, it's very romantic. rich people having a hard time. It's hard to feel sorry for them, and I'm just gonna do the last two because there's one at number twelve that I really like. Abigail's party, which was very famous, play for yeah. today with Angela Stedman, and number twelve, Alison one of Stedman. my famous fa favorite series, I Claudius, followed by Dad's oh, yeah. Army. Yeah, at number thirteen. So that's we've talked it. about I Claudius on this before, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that series. It's absolutely again with John Hurt as Caligula, who's brilliant, absolutely brilliant as Caligula in this in uh, I Claudius. So yeah, I think there's some really good options. If you haven't seen Kathy Go Home, I would definitely uh, definitely watch that. And I might watch I don't the Voice of the Black stuff. Yeah, Voice of the Black somewhere. stuff. I can definitely recommend. Um, I have no idea where you would get that, but I'm sure it's available somewhere on UK TV. I would be very surprised if you can get it on that. Um, uh, Maureen, thank you so much. Oh, Jen, I, I, I think I might be able to get your goat without you having to think of anything. 
don't judge me. Now, you're going to be judging me now, but bloody well wait, OK? This is terrible, isn't it? That's what's got my goat. And, and, and do you know who I blame? Society. <laughs> oh, she's still got that fucking pot. Why haven't you chucked it in the bin, Maureen? I've been Maureen just, Maureen just waved her dead daffodils in front of uh, Jennifer. Oh, my uh, fucking God. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely don't understand why you don't chuck stuff away. I chucked away a pair of, uh, not dirty, well, they were a pair of holy knickers. You know, knickers with holes in them. I threw them in the bin today. Really? Why were you going to keep them, Maureen? No, I didn't keep them. I just threw them in the yeah, bin. Yeah, but why have you kept them? Also, uh, Maureen will say to me, Bearing in mind, bearing in mind, of all the stuff that you could get rid of, of, of which there is like any number of things which are utterly useless, don't work, and are covered covered in dust, Warren will say to me, "You'd be very pleased to hear, I got rid of a tiny plastic safety pin today, <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be pleased to hear, it's in the bin." I thought, oh, oh yeah, I'll sleep well tonight, Maureen, knowing. <laughs> That, that safety pin is now no longer taking up all that space. Uh, okay, uh, this wasn't going to be my goat, but fine, Maureen, you've introduced it, so let's talk about this. I, I look, I, to be fair, it, Maureen, and there's probably lots of reasons that we could scratch the surface, which are legitimate, why Maureen doesn't throw things away, and let's not have a go at Maureen just because she likes to hang on to stuff. It's her stuff, and let's not give her a hard time about it, Okay. You do you, Maureen, and that's why we love you. But that fucking daffodil, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's been dead for weeks. It's a dead, dead. That you've just you've just got it out. I There's think it's turned. It, I think it's turned into something else. I think it's turned into something. What the fuck is it? There's two of them. Oh my god. <laughs> right, Maureen, you've got to put them in the bin, love. I don't understand why they're there. <laughs> Do you not understand how daffodils work? Do you not understand how they function as a flower? They pop up, they live for a short time, they disappear, and because it's a bulb, guess what? They'll pop up again another time. You, you can take the bulb out, stick it in your front garden, and just know, oh... I'll yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to do that. Oh, oh, you are going to do that? Yeah. Or are you going to wait until that bulb is desiccated? <laughs> has absolutely no goodness in it. I'll put some water in now. Just putting water on a dead... It's 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 just I well look it's fine it's fine and I know a lot of you listening to this going just why are you getting so upset about this let this shit go it's absolutely fine for Maureen to have two dead daffodils in her house it's her house why shouldn't she have two dead daffodils it's just it's just it's just annoying there's loads of other things that she'll never get rid of that's two things you could legitimately not Champagne. have. I mean, let's not even go into the champagne, Maureen. We've talked about that before. The flat champagne that is about 30 to 40 years old covered in Quentin Crisp layers of dust <laughs> on top of your refrigerator that you will not get rid of for seemingly no reason. Will you ever drink it, Maureen? No. Are you going to give it away to anyone? I no. don't like champagne. You don't like champagne. Why is it there? I like it. <laughs> I like it there. That's it. And it's absolutely fine that you like it. Uh, I have to not just dwell on it and just let it go. The daffodil's fine. If, if we're going to see those daffodils next week, I'm going to be fine about it, Maureen. I'm not going to let it weigh me down. It's not going to get my goat. It's going to be okay because you do you, Maureen. There we go. You you thought that goat was going to go in one direction and it's gone in an absolutely... It's gone in a zen-gen direction and no one expected that. No I was going to say, it. I think there was some healing at the end of that. Was there... Yeah. Maybe yeah. I've learned something about myself. Maybe I've learned, Alison, this isn't about Maureen. This is about me. Oh. And I need to... I, there's a projection going on here that is, is coming from myself. And if Maureen wants to have dead flowers <laughs> and dust-coated flat champagne scattered around her home and knickers that she can't wear, then well, who am I to step in and go, what the fuck, flickety fuck are you doing? I, I just need to go, that's okay. You do you. And look... Can you, that's breathing. Have you heard about this? You, you take, you inhale and you exhale, and it all. Mm -hmm. Okay, there. We're we're done. Women talking bollocks. If you have enjoyed WTV, please make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a little review. 
Oh, you can check out our socials now on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and you never know, we may even get on TikTok. And if you do like the show, please do have a look at our Patreon for bonus content and weekly treats. Well, that do. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.